when I started swimming, at the same time, my friend had just died and my mum was diagnosed with dementia. Um, and that journey that I was on for that whole year where my mum was just declining and, and I was felt like I was just crying constantly, that I, I found swimming in the sea helped me to cope with those really difficult emotions around grief, grief of a friend who had died, but also a living grief um, for my mum. Um, so it, it, for me, it was just a really, it, it, it was my little space in the day in an incredibly busy life. And we're all really busy, but it was my little space to just say, I'm doing this for me. And, and it really helped to get me through and to help me cope. Joy of Swimming. Conversations about open water swimming, hosted by Pat Kelman. Hi and welcome to this episode of the Joy of Swimming podcast. My name is Pat Kelman. Today I'm joined by Sarah Kennedy Norcoy, author of the memoir, Salt on My Skin. It's a really wide-ranging conversation that covers sea safety, the ins and outs and the reasons for getting a book published yourself as opposed to going through a publisher. But also, it's a really beautiful insight into the process of using, connecting with the sea and writing about that experience as an opportunity to cope with grief and with the illness of a, of a loved one. It's a very beautiful conversation from a a a quite phenomenal human being and I hope you get as much pleasure from it as I did from actually talking to Sarah myself. It also inspired me to offer five copies of Sarah's book as a prize for people who would share and subscribe to the podcast during the first month of it being live. If you'd like to win a copy of Sarah's book then please like the podcast, subscribe to it, and just go into the Facebook group, The Joy of Swimming Discussion Group, and uh, share evidence that you've done so. That will enter you into the competition to win one of five copies of Sarah's quite beautiful book. Anyway, let's go straight into the conversation with Sarah Kennedy Norcoy. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, and as you said, you pronounced my surname very well because you were a little bit concerned you might <laughs> say it wrong. But that's absolutely you, you passed the test. Um, so yeah, I, I swim in the sea in Orkney, which for, right at the other end of the country from you. I'm I, a group of islands off the top of Scotland is where I currently live, um, and that's where I swim in the sea. I love it. Oh, brilliant! And um... And yeah, so how long have you been 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 a sea swimmer? Um, well, I'm I consider myself a late bloomer. Um, I started in January two thousand nineteen, and this was um, I was turning fifty the following December. Um, so I wanted to, to I called it my midlife crisis. Really, I wanted to do a whole bunch of things while I was still forty nine. And one of those things was meant to be a one off dip in the sea, but it it became multiple hundreds now (laughs) 
I'm an addict and I've, I've even written a book about it, like you said. So, um, so yeah, I, I got hooked straight away and I've never looked back. Oh, brilliant. So you were saying it was a, a, intended to be a one-off thing for your, for, for your celebration of middle age. So, so yeah. what was the actual experience like? Because obviously it, it must have been fairly profound for it to, uh, to turn into hundreds. So what was that first experience like for you? I, I remember feeling extremely nervous. Um, I was really anxious that I, I might, it might be so cold that I would make a real idiot of myself and have a panic attack. And I mean, I really didn't know what to expect. Um, and I can remember walking in. I mean, I swim skins now, which for those that don't know is swimming without a wetsuit. But when I started in January, I started with a wetsuit and the water was six degrees. Um, and I, like I say, I really didn't know what to expect, but I remember just feeling absolutely alive. And I remember feeling really empowered that I'd done something really hard, actually. Um, and that, and then the buzz afterwards, that is what's so addictive, I think, is, is just that feeling of being so alive and free out in the open water. I, I just loved it. And I can remember driving home and just being high almost. Um, and that's what I've been chasing ever since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that it is that experience of yeah that high you get as a result of it um so yeah so what what have you found that has it because it's clearly changed your life in certain ways so what what's kind of what what's changed for you I guess over time I mean it certainly helped me to cope with and, and this is what um I talk about in the book is it helped me to cope with when I started swimming at the same time my friend had just died and my mum was diagnosed with dementia. Um, and that journey that I was on for that whole year, where my mum was just declining and, and I was felt like I was just crying constantly, that I, I found swimming in the sea helped me to cope with those really difficult emotions around grief, grief of a friend who had died, but also a living grief um, for my mum. So it, it for me, it was just a really... It, it, it was my little space in the day in an incredibly busy life. And we're all really busy, but it was my little space to just say, I'm doing this for me. And, and it really helped to get me through and to help me cope. I think it's so cold that you don't think about anything else when you're in the water other than like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Bits are going to start falling off. I'm so cold. <laughs> <laughs> that clearing of the head that kind of happens. Yeah. yeah it resets me it just helps me calm down in the olden days before covid do you remember those days uh, so in the, in the days before covid when i wasn't working from home i used to pop down in my lunch break to the sea i worked 18 miles away and i used to pop down in my lunch break and it just helped me reset me in the middle of the day um so you know i just i find it has a really calming effect in the book, I'd say you're, you're talking about it's like a diary almost, isn't it, of a year in in, yeah. in the life. Thinking about the you know, the grieving process and so on. I mean, we've got the, the clearing of the head and and so on. Um, but how else did the sea help you in other ways to to kind of connect with that experience and and get over that experience? I think it's certainly being in nature, being outside. I would not have called myself an out an outdoors girl until this um i started doing this 
I generally now say it's as natural to me as walking the dog. You know, I don't have to think about it now. I don't have to. Um, it's not a big challenge for me anymore. It's just, it's something more, uh, something that I really, it's a very natural part of my day now or, or several times a week. And I think just being outside also, for me, there's a very social element to it. I don't generally swim alone. Um, and I'm not doing it as a workout. I'm not really doing it as a, I'm not training for anything. For me, it's just a heads up breaststroke there's a great social side to it. There's a great connecting with people, connecting with nature, connecting actually with your body. And just, just that, I probably keep saying this, but that just that empowering feeling, it, it just takes your mind off things for a little while. And you, all you're doing, it's very mindful. All you're doing is, pro, is focusing on what's happening right now, which is your enjoyment in the sea and, you know, getting dressed and getting a drink and, I also really enjoy the routine of it. There's something quite ritualistic about it. I have discovered after many swims, um, just even preparing your flask and your hot water bottle and your clothes and, and you know, the whole routine and, and getting in, getting dressed, getting out and getting dressed again. Just, there's just something quite structured and routine about it, which I enjoy as well. Thinking about, because you're in Orkney. Yeah, well, I've, I've been here 12 years. Um, I moved up here as a single parent and ended up marrying someone. So we've been married about nine years. And I think it's about nine years. He probably, he's usually better at things like that than me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's how I, I, I moved up here to start a new life really. Um, yeah. And I didn't swim. I've always loved the ocean. always loved the sea, but I didn't envisage being in it certainly didn't envisage being in it in January and in the winter but that's like I said that was that's in the last couple of years that, that that's really grown and blossomed and become a new part of the life there yeah and I think you know when you're talking about the social element of it um I would imagine although although you know you you're married etc now um I would imagine that Orkney's a little bit like parts of Cornwall where it's quite a small community but I mean I don't know about you but I I can sometimes feel a little bit isolated from that community mm -hmm. somehow mm -hmm. um and there's an element of bonding and community with swimming that I didn't even know existed definitely without a doubt I mean I would always say that I feel like I don't fit in um I and people people are often surprised when I say that because externally I appear to be quite extrovert but actually that takes a lot of my energy I would I would say naturally I'm an introvert I get my energy from solitude but what I love is connecting with people when I go swimming and, and it's just that anybody anybody's welcome and nobody cares what you look like you know body image is a big thing that I talk about mm. and no, nobody's bothered nobody's bothered about your shape and size or you know, they're just, everybody's just getting in and in, enjoying it. And that's been a huge part of the benefit for me is, is feeling part of a community that, sorry about the pun, but you can dip in and out of, yeah. you know, you're only meeting up for a, a short amount of time per day, but you can, you can dip in and out of that and, and you just feel welcome. And that, that's been lovely. And that's certainly been my experience, the sense that, suddenly i'm in a in a, an environment where i'm 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 totally accepted 
and yeah. you know there's no judgment of any kind and yeah. and so all that kind of not paranoia is putting it far too extreme but you know that kind of self-consciousness yeah. um just fades away almost immediately yeah. absolutely and and i think for me the, the group that i joined the support to help you do this thing was was really powerful because you know there's there's a safety element here and I, I I'm really um, very safety conscious about the whole thing and and was quite anxious to begin with about even doing it and but there was people experienced people there to support me through that and and to give me advice and guidance on what to do what not to do and help me you know help help this hobby to become really achievable and and to do it safely yeah and I would imagine because in Orkney you know temperatures are going to be much lower than they are down here in Cornwall yeah and so again safety I mean safety is important anyway but I would imagine it'd be yeah. even more so in in the sort of conditions that you're you're in that's right I mean th- there's two things that I always talk about and one is the is the cold and that's really important in our at our lowest we get to about maybe 4.5 degrees it doesn't really go much below that. I think somebody recorded 3.8, but, you know, so it, it can get quite cold. But also I talk about the tide and just the power of the sea. And I've heard people say, I'm a strong swimmer. It's okay, I'm a strong swimmer. And I think, but you're not stronger than the ocean. That's really not a wise thing to say because mm. I, I feel very, very strongly that people should respect the tides no you know and not to do this it's become very fashionable this last year or since covid really and the swimming pools closed it seems to become really really in vogue um and my greatest hope is that people will do it and they'll enjoy it but they'll please do it safely and and respect the fact that the water can be very cold your response to the cold can differ from day to day it's not about scoring up uh times and you know I did 20 minutes a day or it's not about that and and it's not about getting 30 days in a row or 50 days in a row if it's not safe it's not safe and don't do it and that's something that I really I bang on about that a lot and also in Orkney and you probably have this where you live as well in I like to have a high vis a, a toe float yeah because I discovered, I, I turned up late for a swim once and, and my friends were in the water and I couldn't see them. And then I realised how important visibility is as well, that you can get a fishing boat. They can't put the brakes on. Well, they can put the brakes on. Nothing happens. The boat, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the boat doesn't stop. So it's, it's really important to be visible as well. So th- those are the three main things that I would say about safety. We maybe have gone off on a tangent there, but never mind. It's important. Yeah. That is really important to talk about, and a free flow chat is absolutely fine. As far as I've got a structure to this podcast, it's literally sharing experience and sharing learning from each other. Because I was talking to yeah. someone, I was talking to someone earlier this morning about that sense of joining a group and learning from the group, and that's kind of what I hope part of this podcast will be as well. That yeah. when people listen, because everyone's got different experiences, but everyone's got. There's a lot of commonality, but there's also a lot of uniqueness in there. And yeah. and so it's that combination of the two things that I hope will make the podcast interesting to people. You know, yeah. in that there's going to yeah. be lots of stuff we can totally 
relate to and we've all got a similar experience. But then there might just be a little thing that you hear and you go, oh, I hadn't thought about that before. Or, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. A little, little mm-hmm. bit of stuff to... And I'm going to leave this little bit in as well, because I think it's important that we, you know, because we're talking about, I mean, I've got my own hopes and dreams for what this this podcast might be, you know, yeah. and ultimately it's a service to the community to keep yeah. people Excellent. connected, you know. Yeah. So what sort of, you were saying about the, the support in the group and, and things you learned. So was there any particular person or a little group of people within the group that, that kind of took you under their wing or was it? A general there was a small group of people that I connected in with and you know one or two of them are very experienced one of them is a kayaker and he's very experienced knows the tides I needed to learn all this stuff and I'm still learning after two years I'm still learning in Orkney because you're surrounded by water if it's not safe in one place then you can usually find somewhere that is you can just you can just choose pick a different location we're quite lucky like that. If it's, you know, if the wind is on the west side of the island, then you just go the other, you just go to the other side of the island. Yeah. So that's pretty good. But yeah, there was a small group of people that I really got on well with and they really encouraged. Now it's it's really grown. It's grown a lot more in Orkney as it has everywhere else. And so there's much more offshoots of the group and subgroups and and things like that. But I generally tend to swim with one friend most of my week in the mornings before work we'll we'll meet and as you know talk you talk about all kinds there's nothing there's no conversation I don't think that's been off limits in the sea we've <laughs> talked about all kinds of things and that's part of the fun actually we often say you know what happens in the sea stays in the sea because uh, we've had some pretty co- some pretty funny conversations now I remember my second swim I was in with a group of 50 women and it's, it's like all ages so there were yeah. I mean there were teenagers right the way through to pensioners mm-hmm. and pretty much every age in between and every yeah. possible shape size yeah. and it was extraordinarily freeing actually and and actually yeah. that'd be something quite interesting to talk about because you, you were talking about body acceptance and being quite an important yeah. part of of your message certainly when you're swimming you just get used to bodies you know you really do get used to bodies and and seeing everybody in all shapes and sizes and I I'm in a complicated relationship with my body most of that is down to social media um you know 30 years of dieting which is not a great thing I wouldn't advise that but blah de blah you know I've just I don't have a great relationship with my body and and that that was maybe something that was putting me off but what I found and I'm going to say not only through this swimming group but also through the people on Instagram that I've met or Instagram met, virtually met. Yeah. Befriended, befriended on Instagram. And their support and love and acceptance has been incredible for me. So so I'm more, much more accepting of my body. I'm not there yet. I haven't reached 100%. Haven't, you know, probably haven't even reached 60%, but... I'm a lot better on that journey than I was two years ago. Um, yeah. I'm much more accepting and accepting and actually looking at myself and thinking, I have a body that can do amazing things. I have a body that is able to get me into six degrees water and swim and 
you know, you have to climb over rocks sometimes and you have to navigate difficult things. Part of it is a pilgrimage sometimes. You, You know, you have to walk down to the place or... It's not easy, is it? No. It's, you know, it's not. It's not. It's not a, an easy cop out. And so, and so, I'm starting to look at myself and think, well, okay, I don't have a body that is um, very acceptable in terms of social media because they say what I should be. I say that in inverted commas. But I do have a body that is able to make me do these incredible things and is is sustaining me and that was my experience you know i'm before i went for my mm-hmm. first swim i bought myself a rash vest because i you know yeah. being a big guy i was like i didn't want it's almost like i didn't want to offend anybody yeah and yeah. and and literally within like three or four swims that that was getting in the way of me being yeah. in the water yeah. and 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 so i could then just be myself and yeah, yeah and i never ever thought i'd get that level of I mean, yeah, I've got obviously I've still got my insecurities or whatever, but now I I I could go to a beach and go in the sea and not care. Yeah, and that's extraordinary. That's a massive. Isn't that fantastic? That is fantastic. That you. It's really interesting what you're saying about not wanting to offend anybody, and that we've been conditioned into that. Society has conditioned into that, and and that's a really good way of putting it. And something that you've voiced actually, what I feel is that. I feel like I have to apologize for my, I have to make jokes about myself. I have to get the jokes in before somebody else does. Or if I turn it into humor about my body, then um, other people can't say the mean stuff. And in fact, people have just been like, stop doing that. Like, stop doing it. It's, that's not how we see you. That's not how we view you. And that's been really, really lovely to be, to, just be able to change my thinking yeah very much so and uh that's a really powerful message as well and it's one of those things that i've kind of known intellectually that i shouldn't care what other people think about me Mm -hmm. but it's the physical experience of of that yeah 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 the theory versus versus the practice are two very different things aren't they aren't they just yeah 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 you know, I could talk about it till the cows come home, but actually, until yeah. I actually experience it, I can't. Yeah. And it's given me a huge amount of peace as a result of that, actually. A lot of my general anxiety seems to have flown away. Yeah. So many people talk about that, that it, it really helps their anxiety. Anxiety is not something that I've struggled with hugely. I have had, I have had bouts of depression in my life. And then that said, this year I have had a lot more anxiety and it was, it was quite alien to me because I'm not used to it. Yeah. <laughs> but actually getting in the sea and having that routine has really, really helped. During lockdown, I didn't swim. The first few months, uh, I didn't swim. We, we were sort of asked not to really. Yeah. People were quite divided about this, but, but I had chosen not to swim at the beginning of the pandemic. So I had maybe 12 weeks out of the water. I can't remember now. But I also remember thinking I'm starting to feel down and low and I miss it terribly. I'm drawn to water like a magnet now. I mean, a puddle in the road isn't safe anymore. <laughs> um, 
so and when I went back in I felt exhilarated again and I thought this is why I do it this is why I do it because that feeling is I can't get it from any other source and I'm sure a lot of your listeners would say the same that it's it's something that you can't get from anything else but being in the cold absolutely and the other thing that I've noticed is that people want to share their experience about it you know when I put a call out for volunteers to people to be subjects of the of the podcast I've just been swamped and and it's absolutely wonderful um because I found that I mean when I got into swimming it was because I saw my friends pictures on Facebook and Instagram where I could just see the difference in her and that inspired me to want to do it yeah and in fact of course what what's happened with you you've been inspired to write about it yeah, <laughs> yeah tell, me, tell me about the inspiration for the book and kind of the process of actually sitting down and getting started with that because uh, that sounds yeah. like quite an achievement I've always wanted to write a book and you have so many people that say I want to write a book I mean people and then what I've discovered this year is that there are people that talk about it which has been me for the last 50 years and then there's the people that do it I was finding that the sea swimming for me was such a powerful journey I keep talking about the journey don't I it's very x-factor but It was such a powerful journey that I wanted to keep processing that. And the way I process things is to write about it. I started sharing a lot on social media. I was enjoying looking at pictures of other people swimming in the sea and started to share mine, started to share aspects of what it was doing for me and how it was helping me on social media. And I was also sharing about my mum's dementia and So many people were kind of messaging me and saying, this is really helping, that I thought I'm going to just do it. Like, stop talking about it, Sarah. Stop saying I'm going to write a book and just do it. So what I did was, I mean, I I almost kind of feel like I said I pressed print on my diary. Um, Some some people who read it said, you left a lot out, Sarah. Well, (laughs) yeah, I did. I did leave leave stuff out. it is, as you say, it is a January to December diary entry of of how the sea and how wild swimming helped me. So I would talk about my mum and the grief that I feel and the strange things that she started to do and, and things like that. And then I would talk about a swim. And it's not only the water, but it's the sunrise and the sunsets. And the variance of weather, sometimes the water is flat, calm and like a mirror. Sometimes it is wild and wavy. Sometimes your swim is calming. Sometimes it's fun. There's there's all kinds of things. And I, I wrote about, I just wrote about all those different experiences. And you'll, you'll, I mean, the feedback from it is that people said they laughed on and they cried on each page you know, or often on the same page, because there is a lot of processing my grief, but there's also a lot of fun in there as well. And every chapter's got like a little quote at the beginning, isn't it, of something? Yeah. And that's all taken from what you've written on, on your Instagram. That's right. So I would, I would, at the beginning of every chapter, I would put a little quote from my Instagram or my, sometimes my diary or my blog or whatever, And then I would expand on that and talk about that in in the chapter of the book. So 
all year I was I very quickly decided I was going to write a book about it I I fell in love with this hobby and all year I was making little notes in my phone thinking I must include that and I must include that just funny little things that people say I remember you know my colleagues thought I was completely mad I'd turn up at work with my a big heavy change robe on and a hot water bottle and scarves and hats. <laughs> I'd sit in the office shivering and warming up. And I said to one of them, oh, you know, you should join me. Instead of mocking me, you should join me. And he said, why would I want to go in the sea? It's full of plastic straws and nutters like you. <laughs> and I, I remember thinking that is going in the book, you know, just little things like that all through the year, remembering and, um, just all the fun that we had and 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 all the feelings i say that the book is full of all my feelings and it, it absolutely is wow that's kind of what i aspire to in this podcast as well because obviously you know i was inspired to to set this up for the same reasons really it's a way yeah. of it's a way of sharing an experience with others and yeah. not in a oh look at me kind of way but in a kind of exactly. yeah. something quite deep within us there's a i mean storytelling is part of human nature and always has been i think and Mm -hmm. and so what i'm looking to do is is give people an opportunity to share their stories it it is like that it's not a oh look at me i wrote a book it's what i found so humbling is the volume of people that have messaged me emailed me or gone on the various review sites and written the most wonderful reviews. They've said to me how it's helped them. They might talk about their own parent with dementia or their husband or whatever. They might talk about, the. I can't stand it when people say, I won't say I can't stand it. That sounds really ungrateful. People say I'm inspirational. I'm not. You know, I'm not inspirational. Just take a look at me day to day and you you won't be inspired at all. You'll be unspired. But um. But it's it's really humbling to know that you're in your little corner of the world, what you have done has helped other people. And that's what I love to do. I love yeah. to entertain. I love to tell stories. And I love to feel that I'm helping. And, and that's been a real fantastic byproduct of the book and is to know that other people have been helped by that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. You are inspirational. You've got to, you just got to suck it up. <laughs> oh no I just I I just feel really embarrassed when people say that because I think no I'm not inspirational you know but it it is it's nice that people say that but there's a lot more inspirational people than me out there absolutely absolutely (laughs) I know I get that I get that completely so in terms of actually getting the book published and stuff are you self-published did you get a did you get a publisher interested I chose to self-publish which was quite um liberating for me because I'd always said I wanted to go down the traditional published route But in the end, I chose to self-publish. And one of the reasons, there was quite a few reasons, but one of the reasons was, this was a love letter to my mum, really. And I wanted it to be ready so that she could read it and know that it was a book about her. And if you go down the traditional route, I know, I know, I've just seen you take a deep breath then, but if you go down the traditional route, it takes months, if not years, if you're lucky enough to get picked up. Yeah. And I, I did the whole thing and I started writing it in the November and it was published in about the June. And I had, I had some help. I had a sort of mentor that helped me. 
And I gave the book to my mum and she started to read it and she was sitting in the conservatory and she was reading it. She was laughing at it. She was reading a passage out that I just knew that she would get the humour. And she was reading it and laughing it to me and laughing. And then she closed the book and she said, have you seen this book, Sarah? You, have you got a copy of this book? Because it's, it's really good. And I thought, oh, you know, part of me thought, well, I've done it. I've achieved it. At least she's recommending me my own book. <laughs> At least she's not saying it's a lot of rubbish. But, but that was one of the reasons why I kind of wanted to rush it through because I just wanted her to know that this was for her and about her. And I just made it. Yeah. yeah. And that's something that I think so many of us relate to, you know, yeah. saying the, saying the things that have been left unsaid or the things that we need to say. Yeah. And yeah. Oh. I'm so proud of her. I'm so proud of what she's achieved and, and how strong she's been. Um, and I mean, there's actually lots of, to just go off on a little bit of a tangent, there's of lots course. of benefits to self-publishing and, and I've no regrets about self-publishing and there will be more books and I will most likely self-publish again. People look at you and they, they, they see that you're an author and you've got a book and they, they, they kind of categorise you with J.K. Rowling. You know, people have made jokes about me being absolutely loaded now. It's, that's not the case. No. <laughs> <laughs> just not the case. And your motivation for doing it is not about making money that's a nice byproduct if i do if it suddenly goes massive and i do of course that would be lovely but really my motivation to, to do it was as the things that we've said before to help other people to help me process and for my mum to know and, and and make her proud and i know i did that i know i achieved that oh that's yeah and you can't ask for much much more than that really no, you know what i mean it's, no absolutely oh. yeah um, kind of getting back to kind of practicalities now, I guess, what kind of tips would you have for anybody who wanted to, to start this as a hobby or a sport? Any advice you'd, you'd wish you'd had or were grateful you got very early on? I think, um, as we've mentioned before, the safety element is really paramount to me. Please, sometimes, because I've read in newspapers where they talk about people jumping in now, the RNLI say, don't jump in. I would listen to the RNLI. You know, cold water shock is very real. It's a, it's a thing. So my advice is, if you're going to do it, do it safely. Don't just go off on your own. Think about for your first time, especially, or your first few times, in fact, think about your entry point. Is it easy to get in? Is it, more importantly, can you get out? <laughs> there's no point jumping off the side of somewhere and then thinking oh heck now I can't get out and I'm really cold and I can't swim anywhere yeah so you know so make sure that your entry and exit points are safe and doable and manageable have have lots of layers to put on don't worry about what you look like don't worry about you know we're not we're not doing fashion statements here right now just a cozy dressing gown some easy pull-on trousers and t-shirt hot drink, hot water bottle, a hat, olive layers, things like that. But the most important thing is to do it and have fun and, and not to set yourself any targets of I need to be in for 10 minutes or 20 minutes. It's not about that. If you go in and you are in there for two minutes and you enjoy it, 
That is the main thing. Enjoy it. Enjoy what you do. And then, you know, explore some more. Thank you for your being so generous with your time because this is this has oh, been a, a really love and being so honest and open about stuff. It's been a, a, a really moving conversation actually for me. I've I've really related to so much you've said. So yeah. if people wanted to find out more about you or to read more of your your writing, obviously I'm going to put a link to the book in the notes Thank to go you. with the podcast and, um, but. Yeah, so you mentioned your blog and your website. How could people find you? Um, most of my time is spent on Instagram now. What Most of my social media time, not my whole life. <laughs> my husband might say, actually, no, your whole life is on Instagram. But So most of my time is on Instagram. I'm Sea Salt and Sarah on there. I, I also have a blog called Nork from Ork, which has been a little bit neglected lately, but I'm, I'm going to pick that back up. And then, like you say, I've got a website, sarahkennedynorkoy.com, which is where you can get a copy of the book. Um, and it's also sold in it's it's sold in local um, smaller bookshops and, and some places up and down the UK are selling it. And you can also get it on that well-known online presence that not everybody's a fan of. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I would highly recommend getting it direct from the website as well because of course that yes, way yes. you know you're, you're 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 getting it from the source and um, that's right and i'll even sign it for you if you want <laughs> oh i wish i'd known that when i bought mine from the <laughs> retailer whose name shall not be mentioned i'll just send you a post-it note and you could just stick it in there <laughs> Oh, Sarah, it's been such a joy having the pleasure of your company for the last half an hour or so. And uh, I hope we can do this again later on. Because the thing that's going to be lovely about this is that people will be invited back or will want to come back and do some more later because this experience is ever-changing, isn't it? There's always something new to talk about. Yeah, um, Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. Thank you so much. So that was my conversation with Sarah Kennedy-Norquoy. And... I'll give a prize to the person who can tell me the moment when I started tearing up <laughs> during the during the interview. Thanks so much to Sarah for giving me her time and thank you for listening. It's still a very new podcast. There have been some technical issues, but I'm learning as we go and I really enjoy doing this and I hope you get as much pleasure from, from listening to it as I do from making it. You can find me on thejoyofswimming.com or the Joy of Swimming UK Facebook page and from there you can also join the Joy of Swimming discussion group where we talk about what's been going on in the episode you can contact me directly through there to have a chat about future episodes whether you'd like to be a guest and also you get the chance to enter the competition to win a copy of Sarah Norquoy's lovely book salt on my skin thank you so much for joining me stay safe and happy swimming thank you for listening to the joy of swimming podcast hosted by pat kelman don't forget to subscribe to the podcast by pressing the subscribe button on the podcast catcher of your choice music by phil innes